0: And now some unusual good news, because we always go on about the drama, the effects, the climate change, negative side, and so forth. But, you know, many efforts are being put in place. We've heard of um, seagrass. We've heard of coral, artificial coral. And now I found an article um, which talks about the importance of seagrass. And I'm going to read it out. And it was found on reasons to be cheerful.world. Now, with a name like that, you know you're going to find some positive news, which is very welcome. Here's the title of the article. World's largest seagrass project proves you can actually restore the oceans. You can actually restore the oceans. Now, that's a good start, isn't it? So, a game-changing 20-year effort suggests that even severely depleted marine ecosystems can be brought back to life. And this article was by Laura Patterson. It came out earlier July this year. Here's the read. When Karen McLaughrey used to swim in the coastal bays off Virginia's eastern shore, the water would quickly turn cloudy and brown as sediment swirled around her. Now, 25 years later, for as far as she can swim, the water remains clear. The sediment is anchored in place by lush green seagrass meadows, teeming with fish scallops and crustaceans. It's like this beautiful underwater prairie, says McLaughlin. It's just gorgeous. McLaughlin, an environmental sciences professor at the University of Virginia, is part of a team running the largest seagrass restoration project in the world in these coastal bays, and one of the most successful. The two-decade-long project is a blueprint for restoring and maintaining healthy ecosystems, according to a 2020 research paper, and proof that marine habitats can be brought back to life in a way that's self-sustaining. In the 1930s, a wasting disease swept along the U.S. east coast, wiping out huge swaths of eelgrass. Where Virginia's coastal bays used to be carpeted in the species of seagrass, suddenly they were barren. Everyone thought that eelgrass could never, ever get back, says Robert Orth, who was a marine biologist at the Virginia Institute of Marine Sciences until his retirement this year. But nobody really started doing any kind of experiments to see. That changed in the late 1990s with the discovery of some small patches of seagrass in the bay, the existence of which proved that conditions could once again support the plant. Orth started with a small-scale experiments digging up adult seagrass from other areas and transplanting it into the bay. The seagrass survived, but the process wasn't scalable. Restoring thousands of acres through transplanting would have been a huge listical challenge. So, says Orth. we said, well, why not try try to launch a restoration program using seeds? In 2001, he started an effort to physically rebuild the ocean ecosystem, seed by seed. From a moving boat, he and his team scattered seeds across four bays, South Cobb, spider crab, and hog island. The, ne- the seeds survive growing into plants, which in turn produce their own seeds. Nature kind of took over, says Orf. While we continue to put seeds in areas they don't have eelgrass, uh, they continue to put seeds in areas that don't have eelgrass, nature has been spreading eelgrass naturally. Over the last 20 years, supported by an army of volunteers, The project team has sown nearly 75 million seeds. Around 9,000 acres of coastal bays are now blanketed with eelgrass, which has improved water quality, increased marine biodiversity, and helped mitigate climate change by capturing and storing carbon. The project is game-changing, says Carlo Duarte, a seagrass expert and marine science professor at King Abdullah University of Science and Technology in Saudi Arabia, both in its sheer scale and the raft of long-term data it provides on the climate benefits of seagrass. A decade ago, Duarte and Orth nicknamed seagrass the ugly duckling of environmental conservation because so few cared about it. That's slowly changing as the huge benefits it offers are recognized. Despite covering less less than 0.2% of the ocean, it is responsible for about 10% of the ocean's ability to store carbon. It provides a vital habitat for marine life, boosts commercial fishing, helps purify water, protects coastlines, and even traps and stores microplastics. But seagrass is also one of the most at-risk ecosystems, threatened by coastal development, nutrient runoff from agriculture and stormwater and rising ocean temperatures. I like to say these grasses are sort of the canary in the coal mine, says Jill Bieri the Virginia Coast Reserve Program Director at the Nature Conservancy, who has been involved in the restoration for the past seven years. They will thrive if the water quality is good and die off if it's not. It's a lesson for other coastal regions, says Chris Patrick, the VIMS professor who has taken over the project since Orth's retirement. If you can fix the water quality issues, you can restore the grouse very quickly within a few decades. Restoration projects around the world are looking to Virginia for lessons. Richard Earnsworth, Associate Professor of Biosciences at Swansea University, is leading the UK's biggest seagrass restoration project in the waters of Dale Bay in Pembrokeshire, Wales. We've been using their science as a yardstick, he says. So far, he and his team have planted more than a million seeds, but his ambitions are bolder. We want to apply the techniques that they're using in Virginia to rejuvenate the coastal seas of the UK at a similar scale, if not bigger. Back in Virginia's bays, the next phase of the project is to see if they can convert the carbon stored in the seagrass meadows into carbon credits to raise money for further restoration. That's where McLaughlin's work feeds in. The long-term research from the project has allowed her to calculate precise data about how much carbon the seagrass stores. The project is in the process of registering with Vera, a leading certifier of carbon credits. If successful, it will be the first, the world's first verified seagrass carbon offset program. In the meantime, the team is working towards restoring every one of the coastal bays to the way they were before the wasting disease claimed with the eelgrass. The project, says Unsworth, is demonstrating to the world that you can actually restore the oceans. While plenty of projects have restored coastal habitats such as mangroves and salt marshes he adds few have been able to restore the ecosystems that lie beneath the surface of the water it's quite fundamental that they what they achieved a few words on Laura Patterson who authored this uh, article she's a climate environment and social inequality journalist she writes for publications including the guardian and wired and previously edited edited sorry climate focused series at HuffPost and the guardian thank you very much for listening this is good news, showing how seagrass uh, can be, is not only a positive element in offsetting carbon and by storing it and so forth, but also that it's possible to grow seagrass and to scale the exercise. And um, it also reminds us that the work of some people in isolation suddenly can come forward and be of extreme importance, which is an important point here because this podcast is precisely by reminding everyone, including myself, that every effort is worth it. Over time, it may have its place in a solution. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next recording.